Welcome to the Dr. Donna Podcast, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 138, More on Trauma, Part 2. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. I'm Dr. Donna Bevanley. Welcome to my podcast. I've started talking about trauma again because we're experiencing some these days. Now well, it seems like, especially with the climate change, uh, we're kind of in a in a traumatic event. But we can't do anything while we're com- while we're upset. Okay, while we're in this constant state of uh, fight, flight, freeze. And so I was talking about some of the ways that people can take care of themselves. And I want to continue that today. Um, when I talk about practicing mindfulness, grounding, and centering, if you're in great distress, all right, you're probably not going to sit down in a lotus position and try and quiet your mind, okay? It's kind of not possible to do that unless you are, unless that's one of your escapes. And oh, by the way, I know people who do so much mindfulness and meditation that it affects their relationships, their jobs, their their interaction with their children. Okay, that means it's an addiction. So, you know, practicing mindfulness, grounding and centering is good for the soul, okay? And it's good to keep you grounded in the moment. That's what it's for. It's not it's not to escape. It's to help you stay in the moment. Because in reality, that's all you have. Like right this moment is what I know to be true. Okay? Right this moment I'm sitting here. I, you know, I'm, I am, uh, taping a, uh, podcast about trauma and how to work with yourself so that you can become resilient going through a traumatic event versus, you know, developing mental illness like post traumatic stress, like depression and anxiety, all those things have their basis in trauma. So, you know, this is, this today though, is, you know, is talk, is about being able to get in the moment and stay in the moment. Because what you don't want to do if you're going through a trauma is run it through over and over and over again. If you think about how memories are stored in your mind, it's like every time you think about it, you light up that neural canal and, you know, those synapses get fired and then your body responds like it's going through that traumatic event again. So, I, I you know, I'm not talking about just deny it and block it. I'm just talking about getting back in the present. So you can say, You've got, let's say you've had a a huge fight with someone in your family 
and you are you know, I'm, you're shocked by it. Okay. And you're traumatized by it because this is somebody you, you quote thought you knew and they are, you know, blasting you and you're shocked and amazed because you were just having a conversation, say about what everybody's going to do at Christmas or something. And it's like now blowing at you. So, so someone is verbally being abusive to you, emotionally being abusive to you. But the big trauma is that this is somebody that you would have turned to if you ever needed anything because they're a family member. So, you know, in that kind of trauma, if you keep thinking about it and, you know, you can't let go of it, one of the ways that you can, that will help you is by doing meditation or centering or grounding to get you back in the moment, okay? So let's say you're gone now, you've you know had this big blow up, you're gone now, you're back in your own house or they're back in their own house or you're off the phone now or whatever, in whatever way you had this interaction. You know, when you start thinking about it again, you say, you know, do I really want this running through my mind? Like, you know, like a bad song or something. Do I really want this running through my mind? And if you don't, you just ground yourself. And it's like, where am I right now? Well, I'm in my own house. Are they here? No. So do I need to feel this feeling right now? No, I don't. Okay. Before I make any decisions about what I might want to do with that person. Like you might say, I'll never speak to them again and I'm going to, you know, ghost them and I'm not going to return their calls or their texts or whatever. You don't want to make those kind of decisions when you are still in that kind of like state of trauma. You want to wait until you are calm again, okay? And the way you get calm is you get rooted in the present, okay? You can focus on your breathing. That's one of the things that people can, anybody can do anytime. Because if you are breathing, <laughs> you can do this. And the way you do it is you focus on your breathing. How do you do that? You say, okay, okay, I'm just inhaling that breath now. I hold it for five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. I release it. One, two, three, four. I do it again. Breathing in. Count to four or five. Breathing out, count to four or five or six, however long it takes you to get that breath out. So you're focusing on your breathing. You know, I'd like you to think about that right now, this very minute. I'd like you to focus on your breathing just to see if you can do it. So inhale. One, two, three, four, five. 
exhale, let it out. One, two, three, four. Like I said, you can do that counting in whatever way it works best for you. But did you feel that calm? If you were really doing that, you probably felt a little calm. And your body responds to that. It's like you, your blood pressure will drop over time. You can slow your heart rate down. You just feel more calm. Another way to do that is listen to calming music. Calming music. Um, and that could be, you know, any kind of music you would like to listen to. I myself get out my records that I carried around all of my life and listen to what we call long hair music. It means we're listening to Beethoven or Bach or, you know, Stravinsky, probably not Tchaikovsky. <laughs> it's pretty. He gets pretty wild. <laughs> but listening to that music, I find calming. Um, whatever is calming to you. If you listen to it and you get all jacked, that's not calming. Um, you can go into, like, like we have here, a church. I don't go, but they have open to the community this rather large labyrinth. And for those of you who don't know what a labyrinth is, that they made this like circle, big circle with rocks. Uh, and there's a path that goes through the circle and you go in one way and you're supposed to find how you get out the other way by just walking around. So you're walking and you're looking at your feet and the ground and you run into little, you know, it's like, oh, this isn't the way out. Okay, so I go back and walk around some more, walk in some other ways till you find out, until you until you get out. That's very common because the only thing you're doing is you are in the moment. Okay, now when I'm on a hike, that's what I do. I will look down a lot of the times because. I don't want to trip over big rocks and roots. The rocks and roots problem is, you know, I, I'm sure they're everywhere. I mean, I've been to Florida. I've hiked around in the Everglades. You know, there's rocks and roots there. So there's rocks and roots. And if you are a hiker, you know that you can look down and also look at the trees and listen to the birds and, you know, the sky and notice other things that are going on, see the, the the deer that are loping around out there. It's like, you can do all that while you're still looking at rocks and roots. And basically, you're just meditating. So, or, you know, if you find, find there, there can be uh, spaces that you can just find calm. Okay? Some people find it in their churches. They can go in there anytime and sit and you know, just find some calm. Sometimes you can look out your window. 
if you have if you have trees, you have grass. You know, I look out the window at my memorial tree. That's where, you know, people who died during the pandemic, uh, when I couldn't go to their services, I put, uh, I planted a tree, and then I put little stones around it for people that I lost. I call it my memorial tree. And I look out there and I feel calm about that. So those are all ways that you can calm your body and yourself down. Now, you know, there's some ways, there's some other ways that you can do it. Like you can, if you don't have a tree to look at, you can close your eyes and stand and feel, you know, we are connected anyway to this earth. And you can stand there and imagine that your feet have roots. Wherever you're standing, I have roots. And you can imagine what that would be like. Then you can feel that yourself. All these are meditations. So I would strongly suggest you do this. This will help you live better and and uh, longer. I mean, if you're not having... Uh, rapid heart rates and, you know, high blood pressure and all that, you, your body will respond to that. And it likes it. Another thing you can do is you become helpful to other people who are having similar feelings as you. So, you know, especially in big traumas, a lot of people will be having a lot of the same feelings you do. And you can help them. By listening. That's all you have to do. Or saying, is there something I can do to help you? It's like I have a friend who has bad asthma. And when it's days like today where, the, you know, we've got too much smoke to even go outside. You know, I could call her up. How are you doing? Because I don't like being, you know, I mean, I do stay home sometimes. But. I don't like being forced to stay in my house because the smoke's too bad, but I could call up and talk to somebody who is in a similar situation that I know probably is in a little bit more distress than me because with asthma, you never know what's going to trigger it. Um, physical connection with someone who you identify as a safe person, you know, like that increases your serotonin. Serotonin is nature's stabilizer. Talked about this before a long time ago, but serotonin is a chemical that gets released into your, into your brain when you feel safe, when you feel joy. Okay. It's like if you, if you can find a way to start laughing. And you, and you know, it's like people know that when they laugh, they feel better. That serotonin has been released into your system just by laughing. But with another person, you can hold hands, you can get a hug. Um, 
snuggling with somebody that you are safe with, like, you know, your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And, you know, it makes people feel connected no matter who they are. Hugging someone safe, holding hands with someone safe, even sitting next to them where your arms are touching, releases serotonin into your brain and it helps to stabilize you. So, you know, unsafe people (laughs) can compound some of those feelings of loss and fear. So make sure you choose someone that really is safe. All right. Because if somebody that's unsafe, now I have that reaction when somebody with who has what I call toxic positivity, meaning that I mentioned before, it's like everything is wonderful all the time and it's not as bad as you think it is. It's like that doesn't help people when they're drunk. And I don't even like to, you know, be around that, let alone get a hug from someone like that. Because if you hug someone like that, they will invalidate your feelings right then and there without even speaking. Doesn't make you feel better. Makes you feel worse. So choose carefully. All right. Uh, Then, you know, one of the things that I do and have done over time, and some of my friends think I'm a little, I overreact. I don't think I do. But that traumatic event in Lahaina is a very good example of why you should be aware and prepared for things that can happen in your life, in your community. Okay. So like I live inland. I live east of big mountains. And so my my guess is that because there's big mountains there on the west side, probably not unless I'm having, you know, not unless it's a extinction event, am I going to be impacted personally by a tsunami. Like I said, unless it's an extinction event, there's probably not going to be a tsunami big enough that can make it over those 13,000 foot peaks, okay? So I'm probably not going to prepare for a tsunami. But I do live in an area of the world where we know we're going to have forest fires. It's, we have forests everywhere. <laughs> and is all you need is lightning strikes. And sometimes I will call it what it is, morons who can't figure out how to put the campfire out or people with no moral compass that throw their cigarette butts out the window into like, Tinder oh, <laughs> grasses, you know, that light immediately and cause forest fires. They're out there too. But most of our fires here, they, you know, some of the big ones have been caused by people, but most of them are caused by lightning strikes. No matter what is going to cause them, I know that I could end up dealing with Uh, forest fire. Now, I don't live in the forest, but because of where I live, we have all kinds of pine trees 
and they they get dry too. And there's dry grasses, you know, that have, you know, that have have grown all around. We had a lot of, uh, for we had a lot of water this year. We had a lot of snow. We had a lot. We even had big rains. So as a result of that, we have a lot of grasses, and they're now dry. So we know that we are going to have fires. All right. So I prepared myself to be able to get the heck out of Dodge if I need to. And if the roads are blocked, I will. I have prepared a way to get out, even if the roads are blocked. And we are ready. And we have little practice sessions <laughs> because I don't want to be trapped. Okay. And I want to be a survivor of something like that. Now, you can be as, you know, you can be very well, uh, you can be ready for something like that, but you can't control the outcome. Okay. That's true for all of life. Right? You can be prepared, but you can't control outcomes. So I'm prepared to have to leave if I need to, but I can't control the outcome. I mean, I've done everything I can, and now I just live my life. I don't really think about it very much, unless I'm going to have a little dry run. <laughs> no pun intended. So... So these are some of the things that you can do when you have experienced trauma. Now, if you saw on the news those people in Hawaii trying to get away and they couldn't leave, you might want to consider, hmm, if I live in fire country, and they don't live in fire country, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen. They do have hurricanes, and that impacted those fires. Um but what do you do if you need to get away? And how are you going to manage three to three days to a week or even longer if there's no food, no water? Now, what are you going to do? How are you going to manage that? And that's what I call, okay, you think about that. And get prepared. I know in our state, anyway, you can go online and look for how to prepare for disaster in Oregon. And they'll, you know, they'll send you to a lot of places that will tell you how to do it. And that's probably true for every state. So those are some of the things that you can do to take care of yourself if you've experienced a trauma. Now, I don't like when I can't go outside, but I'm not as as affected as, say, people who have breathing problems. So I'll reach out to them and see how they're doing and see if there's anything I can do and if they're okay. But, you know, in the, in the rest of the day, I have things that I do all day long that keep me grounded even if I can't go out and be outside the way I want to. Now, I have, you know, I, I also wanted to talk about how you experienced, you know, how, when, were you, were you resilient when you were a child? 
did you get experiences that you came through smarter, wiser, and stronger as a child? I was thinking about this the other day about people in my young life, like other kids, people that were my companions or friends when I was young, and how we made it through some of the trauma that we went through together as kids. Because children, you know, we might not think that they're very resilient, but they are way more resilient than adults. (laughs) You know, first of all, they don't have a whole crap load of trauma that's unresolved because they haven't lived that long yet. But they're also, they have fewer resources. They have a lot of internal resources because they just don't have the baggage, but they don't have external resources. And sometimes they don't understand what's going on. And so... You know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, you as a child, how you went through it and and how, you know, the kind of meaning that you gave to it, because that's a big piece, too. It's like, what is the meaning that you give to this traumatic event? We all do it, whether we know it or not. And I would also like you to think about who, you know, how you and your friends resolve these things. Because most of the time, you know, unless you're being sexually abused by a family member, um, you're, you're not, you're going through these events with other kids. So next time, that's what I want to talk about. So start thinking about that. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Donna podcast here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. The Dr. Donna Podcast is copyright 2023, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul Podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.